Out 90 minutes, nine minutes. Okay. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Sinful Celluloid with your hosts, Christopher M. Jimenez and Jeff Frumis. We are, whoops, forgot to get rid of this thing up top. We're supposed to, that thought that came down. All right, we're going to take this down. I am not looking at comments, folks. There's no, uh, I will not be looking at comments because, let, let me put this right here on Front Street. I have not seen the new Batman movie. This show should have been uh, an episode, just a From His Channel episode of of us. Chris was going to join us for uh, a round table uh, discussing the new Batman film. I contracted COVID along with the rest of my family and was unable, tragically, to see the Batman. Worst things have happened in the world. It's not a big deal. I will get around to it. Um, and so instead of doing no show, we decided to do an we're doing an episode of Sinful Celluloid, and we are talking about every other Batman movie but the new Batman movie. So what I'm asking of you, I'm actually hiding the comments. Chris will be uh looking at the comments and addressing them at his discretion because I am afraid to look in the comments. Uh, in case someone might accidentally spoil something for the new movie. I hate spoilers with a passion and just want to go in blind as possible. Whether we know what's going to happen or not, it doesn't matter. I just want to uh, uh, enjoy. I don't watch trailers for this reason in general. Generally speaking, I don't watch trailers at all. Trailers to me are the enemy. I just want to go into a movie and let the movie do its thing. Um, Chris, how are you? I haven't seen you in a while. How are you doing, buddy? I'm good. I'm good. I can't complain. Nice, nice. Nice to um, break. Nice to break away from uh, the evil entity known as Microsoft. Yes, yes. To, to break up the monotony uh, that is Microsoft. Um, you did see the new Batman movie that we are not going to talk about. Yes, um, Chris. What it, did you with without getting into details? Uh, did you like it? Did you hate it? What What is your general consensus? I loved it. And I went in waiting to hate. I've been not doing nothing but talking shit for the past what year and a half? Or yeah, he has. Long this been going. Um, yeah, it. Yeah, I did. I really, really did. Um, I I love that you expected to hate a movie and then were instead changed. You st- you you changed your mind, or you you weren't you didn't allow your preconceived intentions going into the film to ruin your cinematic experience and came out of the theater enjoying something that you were expecting to hate is what I'm trying to say. That's great. I think that's good. I try to do that myself. It's not always easy, you know, Um, but you do what you can. And that, that is, that, that is what it is. But um, we are talking about, we're talking about every other live action Batman film. We're just doing like a general sort of discussion. Maybe we could try and rank rank them or just talk about w- which ones we like the best. I did see a really funny meme. We've both read The Watchmen, correct? Yeah. Read, yeah. Uh, there was a Dr. Manhattan like meme of Dr. Manhattan going, it's 1989. I am seeing a new gritty, a new dark and gritty Batman movie. The year is 2005. I am seeing a new, dark, gritty Batman movie. The year is 2022. I'm saying like the, just the same thing. 
which is just really funny. It's like, I, and I'm now X year, X amount years old seeing a new. Where, where did you see that? I'll send, I'll send it to you. In send the it to me, it's really, it. really funny. <laughs> it's really funny. And it's like, I guess the point of the meme is like the cynicism of like, you know, oh, they're always giving us dark and gritty. Um, yeah, sorry, <laughs> go ahead. True. What were you going to say? No, I was just going to say it's it's true because every few years, and actually I was talking about that, every few years um, there's like the new grittier version of whatever, right? Right. Um, we used to make jokes. Um, well, not we, Ryan. Yeah. Jerry used to make jokes constantly about whatever new movie was coming out, I hope it's gritty. I hope it's pretty. And uh, they had announced at the time like a new Darkwing Duck movie. And he's like, Darkwing Duck is coming. I hope it's pretty. <laughs> okay. It's funny you actually bring that up because there is okay, so they did they we they brought back the DuckTales show from yesteryear. And my son loves it. He was watching it, and they had a Darkwing Duck episode where it's Darkwing Duck. It's like the rebooted, darker, grittier version of Darkwing Duck, which I thought was really, really funny. And um, my my son was just enjoying it. He didn't even really understand, really understand it. But like I was laughing for many reasons because it was obviously like the Darkwing Duck returns, that sort of thing. And um, it was just basically what you were saying, that that sort of thing. And like the old Darkwing Duck was like the Adam West Darkwing Duck. And yeah, I don't know. I thought that was pretty funny. By the way, if you are leaving comments, I cannot see them. So I will not be addressing comments. Chris will address comments if he feels it is necessary to do so. I'm so sorry about that for whoever might be watching. I cannot see your face. Well, we got Rue out there. So What's Rue, up, Rue? Nice Rue, what and up? I in case I mess this up, I don't mean to. Is it Lizzie? Just L Z Z Y, Lizzie Graves. Lizzie Graves, what's up? Lizzie is an is a new YouTube member. Welcome, welcome to the show, Lizzie. Hey, we, Lizzie. She was on a, a recent stream we did about Nosferatu not too long ago, and uh, she's she's popped in and out. I've seen her. I've seen her before. Uh, welcome to the show tonight. So we are discussing oh, some guys here too. Um, what Ace Ace Bond. Frank, no, he's Johnson. I, oh, I yeah, know, him. Whatever, high Ace, I guess. Him. I, I have a feeling he'll be, uh, Ace will be, Ace is actually going to be coming on the show. We're doing a show, a pizza punk show. And as oh, I was yeah, talking, yeah. sorry. No, no, go on, go on. No, I was just saying, I was saying we should have him. We need to have him on this show as well in the future. At some point, we need to, oh, we need to have Yeah, him we on. talked about it. It's been a few months because I want to have him on like in, I don't know, maybe December or something um, with his poster collection. Right. Like, get lined up on, on, cause he was going out of town. So yeah, we need to have him on soon. So, oh, so Ace is a poster out, guy. Ace. Ace is a poster guy. Yes, and he was kind enough to send me a fantastic um, um, the House of Drip Blood. Oh, uh, nice! Poster. Like full size one sheet. It's beautiful. That's uh, that's Amicus Anthology, correct? Yes. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. But we're talking about Batman. Batman. So yes, we are. All right. So right off the bat, I feel like we've discussed this before. What is? Who is your favorite? Do you have a favorite live action Batman? I can't. Now it's hard to answer that. 
Christian oh. Bale is my favorite live action Bruce Wayne. Oh, okay. Okay. He's his Bruce Wayne was okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'll give you that. If, if it wasn't, and I'll and I'll say this, who was probably my second favorite live action. Bruce you you Wayne. could say Pattinson if it is. I mean well, Pattinson's my favorite Batman. He's proved so wow. my favorite Batman. It, let me ask you this, Chris. Yes, is that because yes. it's fresh and shiny? Is it because it's shiny and new, or legit? You legit think that it will no, it's, stand it's, that ranking? It's that good. Wow. But it's, wow. it's. I will say this though. In all fairness, yeah, the suit does the work. It's not like you're going. It's so good in there. It's it's the presentation, right? But yeah, my favorite. Um, but number two on there. This is only visually. This is not performance based. This yeah. is simply, yeah, we'll call it bone structure based. Okay, George Clooney. I, you know, I, I, I understand why you gave me that apprehensive preamble because a lot of people would be like, "Fuck you." You want to know something? We, I think we might have talked about this before, but we should let's just address it right now. Clooney was not a bad Batman on paper. He was not. It was not, no. I don't fall, and he could have even, you know, people go, oh, Clooney killed the franchise. Clooney didn't kill the franchise, and frankly, I won't even totally 100% blame Schumacher. I will blame the studio system uh, micromanaging Schumacher, creating a pressure cooker that affected a really talented director, because let's let's separate, let's separate just Schumacher, the director, and and Clooney, the actor. Incredible actor, incredible director both have made awesome awesome movies both in a batman movie why should that suck but for a really 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 a, a, a crazy situation that's a infected by we've done batman forever we've gone in a more campy direction we're, we're going in an even campier direction we're gonna we're gonna turn it up several notches and we're getting pressure from, you know, toy with toys and promotions. And as Chris, you always talk about the business side of things. I think commerce overtook art and things got tangled. And that's why we ended up with what we ended up. But Clooney is valid, dude. He's totally valid. Well, here's what I'll say. And thank you for agreeing with me. Because I thought, Ace, was that wow? Was that in reference to my George Clooney statement? Um <laughs> I read visually when we saw the trailer, and we're still in Val Kilmer space in our heads. So right okay, now we got another one. Seeing him sitting there when he's talking to um, Madison, yeah, and um, you know Julie Madison, it's, yeah, it's a, it's a small snippet, but um, I'm looking at him going, "There is for the first time there's a man," because Michael Keaton was not that, and I love Michael Keaton, but of course. The, you know, and Val Kilmer kind of had the baby face thing going on. It just totally looked like a man, and I was just like, "That's what I picture." He, you're, and you're right, dude. You're right. Everything else fell apart. <laughs> no, you're so, dude. <laughs> but, I, I totally, but, I'm totally on board with you there. And I'll tell you this: my favorite, my favorite live action Batman. I've, I've, we've, we, we've definitely talked about this before, but this is the Batman episode, so we're going again. So this might be repeat for some people. And again, guys, in the comments, I can't see anybody's comments. Just, just putting that out there. Um, 
Uh, freaking Val Kilmer is my hands down favorite Batman Bruce Wayne combo. However, you put into words what I've never been able to really articulate until just now when you said what you said. You're right. He does. Okay. His performance as Bruce Wayne. Perfect. His look and Batman like performance. My favorite barn on my favorite His his voice. Perfect. His look himself, like he himself, Val Kilmer's face as Bruce Wayne, it's a little weird. It's a little off. I would say Christian Bale, too. Christian Bale is a little weird, a little off. His performance as Bruce Wayne is good, but visually, it's not right. Ben Affleck, George Clooney, these guys, they look the part of Bruce Wayne. They look like that playboy sort of guy you know I'll, I'll i'll agree with you on on the uh on the ben thing yeah i can totally go there with you on that one as well so but but what's interesting is um it, it just goes to show you and again to go back to the Clooney thing for a second it goes theme, Lizzie. uh what did oh, you say? Just, no, no, uh, what did she, say she didn't like christian bale personally Oh, well, I have to tell you, and I think we the, the, the internet collectively has all finally like come to their senses and realized they're talking like this. It's not Batman. You know, like be like acting like a like a friggin' like a total especially in Batman begins, his Batman voice is just so it's so atrocious. Well, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna set the I'm gonna I'm gonna tip the scales. I'm gonna turn this city around. Like it just sounded like such a goofball. Um, there's something about the way that Val Kilmer, Harvey, you need help. Like he just had it, man. He just had it. And, um, there was an article, AV club just repressed an article punching down at Batman forever. And I'm like, are you out of your fucking mind? Like, do you know how big that movie was, that movie was and how like it, it really is. It really is great. Like it doesn't have the, the, the worst part. By far is Two Face. Like Two Face is not what Two Face is supposed to be. It's really far. No. Um, I can't wait to talk about that. Go ahead. I talk actually about just it. finished watching it. Oh, you like, just rewatched right now. You you just yeah. finished watching Batman Forever. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, go ahead. I was in a Nicole Kidman mood. I needed some Nicole Kidman. Oh, Chase Meridian. One of the best Nicole Kidman <laughs> visual roles ever. Yeah. Um. Okay, so. Um, Tommy Lee Jones. Here was my thing with Tommy Lee Jones. Well, from right off the bat, it seemed that we had already heard the rumors or the story, whatever you want to call it, how Jim Carrey went up to him in a restaurant yeah. and was like, I'm <laughs> so excited to be working with you on this. And it's very exciting to meet you and blah, right. blah, blah. And Tommy Lee Jones said, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna stand for any of your unsanctioned buffoonery. <laughs> I loathe you. <laughs> yes. And it was just like, wow, nice to meet you too. <laughs> Right. So I think that bled into his performance because you know what Tommy Jones is like as an actor has always been like, and in this movie he's so look at me, look at me, look at me, and it doesn't feel like him. It looks like him or feels like him doing an impression of somebody else. And to me, it screams, "I'm not going to be upstaged by this clownish amateur. I can choose scenery too." I can be fun too. And so it really translates in the Tommy Lee Jones trying too hard. Yeah. And, and, and it's really apparent. 
And, you know, it's like, it's also like, yeah, it's like, you know, the t- Jim Carrey is doing this like r- ridiculous off the wall, goofy Riddler. And again, I haven't, I don't know only from what I've seen of the, like a few promotional stills, Paul Dano's Riddler looks something along the lines of like Zodiac or just taking it like this crazy serial killer direction, which is a direction I never considered for a character that to me is just it, it's more campy and goofy that was made even campier and goofier by Jim Carrey and then having him next to Tommy Lee Jones and having them instead of like you would think you would want more of a dynamic contrast give us the goofy the the goofy over the topness of Jim Carrey and the stellar uh, the 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 ultra you know edgy malevolent seriousness of a Tommy Lee Jones Harvey Dent um, would have just been so pitch perfect sublime and in my opinion that's the that's the dent in the uh, veneer of Batman Forever more than anything like you could let go I could let go of twenty four year old I know you've said this in the past you know twenty four year old uh, 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 adopted orphan. Uh, Chris O'Donnell. Needs social services to take care of them. <laughs> you guys have your, you're 16 or 17? All right, I guess. Um, I, I, I can still say nerdy day doing that. Like, um, is that right. Did that go through your mind today when you were just like... Of course it did. It's like, yeah, you're underage. This this is the meme I was talking about with uh, Chris. Chris, can you see this okay? This meme? Um, he says, it is yes. 1989. I am eight years old. I am watching a darker, grittier Batman movie. It is 2005. I am 24 years old. I am watching a darker, grittier Batman movie. It is 2022. I am 40 years old. I am watching a darker, grittier Batman movie. Just like, perfect. Say that to me. Yes, I will. Awesome. I will. Um, it's just so funny. And yeah, Liz, you would think that Bruce's, Bruce's voice would be normal. Um, Bruce's normal voice would be hoarse all the time with Christian Bale's Batman because he's talking like that all the Great time. point, Lizzie. Great point. I I it just like you just be like, hi, I'm Bruce Wayne. Like, uh, you're not your Batman. Yeah. Um here I will challenge you on that with the Batman Forever though. To an extent. Okay. To an extent. Okay, go ahead. Um, go ahead. Um the, the, the Jim Carrey. Yes. There are moments in that performance, I mean, because there's it, I mean, it's weird. I mean, it's a weird performance in a way because it's it's totally wacko sometimes, it's totally gay sometimes, it's totally, and this is where I'm gonna challenge you, unhinged sometimes. I mean, it's restrained yeah. in moments where he truly reads kind of creepy, like he, yeah. it's, he, it's almost like, oh, it's a moment of. Of reality, right there with his character, just in patches. Right. Um, but I felt that his entire performance was restrained from what we, I probably from what we thought we were gonna get. You know what I mean? We were like, "Oh Lord," because it's just gonna be so much, and it wasn't. Even there are moments where he pulled back, and yeah, I feel that it's well deserved you know the love that he got on that and i think of course it's not going to hold up to something like the current film or anything like that or sensibilities now but it's still a great performance and it's not um i think that the the over the top parts are talked about way too much in contrast to the moments where he held back 
and it gave that character some sort of groundedness that makes that movie work. Because if not, it becomes Batman and Robin. Or what, it becomes um, the 60s TV show. What for you? And I mean, that's the thing overall. Like Schumacher, you know, uh, to take a step back, Batman Returns, which is a big smashing success and one of my favorite batman films as well i mean here's the thing when you ask me when you ask me like or when i ask myself okay let's rank the batman movies at least the 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 four the core four warner brothers ones um Mm. it's like it's impossible dude like don't ask me to compare batman batman returns and batman forever because i love them all almost equally but for different reasons like not one better than the other they're all for different moods and then obviously batman and robin is going to be less than those but i still love batman and robin um i just love it i love it as a 66 as a batman 66 adaptation you know which is what a lot of people still to this day will you know pan batman and robin i just say i just say like is Batman 66 not valid is Batman 66 potentially your first introduction to Batman well yeah it is actually okay so then what's so then why not look at it through this prism and just write it off as that and nothing more and I think that that. it it, go on go on well it's not that exactly but when you look at like look at the Brady Bunch movie from the 90s look at the Beverly Hills Billy movie from the 90s you have all these like what well yeah of course the the penelope spears directed it and um you know the these movies are are adapted from 60s shows so it's 30 years after the thing and essentially batman 97 batman and robin is is 30 years after batman 66 i would put it in that canon with those things i just go okay this is an adept they're they are going with this tone and you want to know something in that way, he's made Gotham even bigger than Tim Burton ever did. You know, those first two Batman films are the, the Burton's Batman films are anchored around uh this this the town square centerpiece, and the city feels more like uh I don't know, it, it it not more like a stage, and I love the look. I love the 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 the, the look of the, the production design's amazing, but it's like we you could tell they're trying to get a lot of mileage out of these sets at whereas Batman Forever and Batman and Robin, the B- Gotham feels bigger, so much bigger and so much grander. And um, you know, that is partially because of Joel Schumacher and trying to just like sort of open it up. And that makes it valid to me. And that makes it work not only as an adaptation of Batman 66, but just as like, you know, just this larger than life uh, adaptation of it and expansion. I will say this, the difference between the two. Yeah. The difference between, I didn't see Beverly Hillbillies. I didn't watch it. Um, but you know, I saw I saw the Brady Bunch movie. Yeah. The I guess the big difference is they're trying to be satirical. They're poking fun at everything that we didn't have in those shows. Like there's no toilet in the bathroom and all these stuff. Right. Batman and Robin wasn't trying to poke fun. They were trying to be a real movie, and it's this is just true. a shit show. It's okay. Just 
bad. On that level, I do agree with you, and I, I do concur. You, you are right. It was not trying. If With everything I just said, you are right about this. It was not trying to be Batman 66. However, for me, I find it ex- – I accept it as Batman 66 retroactively – and it works for me on that level. And I go, okay, I can accept and enjoy. And I'll tell you something. You watch the first 12 minutes of Batman Forever or Batman and Robin. It is balls to the wall, action nonstop. Forget about the cheesy one-liners. I mean, you just go, go, go. You are enthralled in what's happening. You know, I can't. I wasn't. I can't. I can't. Ballad's here. What's up, buddy? What's up, Ballad? I can't see your comments. The hockey team from hell. I just couldn't get with any of that film. The only thing I liked about that film was Uma Thurman as Poison Ivy because Poison Ivy is one of my favorite Batman villains. And she does that whole Mae West kind of a thing. Yeah. I mean, she's really and goofy. It just it ends it ends there for me, besides like we talked about, George Clooney, you know, visually. That's it. Yeah. I, I don't even own it. I own every other one. <laughs> and yeah. I refuse to buy that, even though it was it's in the set. Goodies, remember? Chris, nope. it's in the set, though. It's in the... No, nope, I don't buy it. I bought it individually. Mm. If I would have bought it in a box set, guess what? There'd be a space in that box set. He would have taken... Chris would have offered everybody at his house. He was having company over, and it just would have turned into a coaster. And there would have been oh, a Oh, you need one? Space. I got one for you. Here you go. There you go. There you go. You need one too. Here's a um, TV tray. I, I, I think allowing allowing it to sort of like be an adaption of Batman sixty six has made it work for me well in in that kind of way. But yes, you're right. It's it was not trying to be Batman sixty six, and in that way, in trying to be like the other films, it failed. It's it's undeniable. So. I, I can I, I can um, admit that and chalk that up to that. But if you want if you want a hot take, retroactive way to sort of, you know, save save the thing, save the save the movie, you could say it's an adaptation of Batman sixty six. So, before we move on, yes, where does that go in the pantheon of films for me? You know how I love Arnold, right? What like rankings? You mean? No, just yeah. Where does it belong? Yeah, for me, where? you know where? how much I love Arnold. Yes, you love it Arnold. Goes in a special place in hell, along with Stallone's Over the Top. Dude, Over the Top is a phenomenal movie. I why why would I think you would like that? <laughs> Hawk and why Son, baby. Hawk and Son. Ridiculous ridiculous movie. Stallone is the greatest arm wrestler of all time. You really? know what? I have to really? revisit that movie just because you brought no, it up. No, you don't. Yes, I am. I'm going to rewatch <laughs> Apparently, it. Apparently, you have nothing in your life where you can burn an hour and a half on that ridiculous. <laughs> I'm going to burn bullshit. an hour and a half when I get the chance to. When it becomes, when the opportunity presents itself, I will burn an hour and a half on that. That is Back happening. In the comments, I want to know who's seen that movie and who likes it. Okay. Just because I'm curious. Answer in the comments. I'm flying blind, guys. I can't see the comments. Only Chris can see the comments. Chris is uh, taking people's comments at, at his discretion. Um, 
So Lizzie likes it. <laughs> okay, Lizzie likes it. That's what's up, Lizzie. Over the top was ridiculous, but fun. Yeah, I, I, that's exactly how I feel, Lizzie. It's it's ridiculous, but fun. Um, Cobra is ridiculous, but fun. Also, also ridiculous, but fun. And sort of like, almost like, a, 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 I mean, it's like a genre. It's almost like a horror movie, Cobra. It's a little like. Uh, <laughs> Cobra yeah, I love. A little, uh, you know. Rue, uh, over the top is a comedy to me. Rusev. Oh, okay. I have a theory for you. And if Bob was here, I would totally Bob, Bob would be laughing and slapping his forehead. Let me ask you a question. And okay, okay this is a si super super quick sidebar, and then we're going to talk about the, the Burton movies okay. and maybe which one we prefer if we have to pick. If gun to your head, you have to pick which one you prefer. Before we get there, um, is there is there such thing as a comedy movie? Or are all comedy movies drama with comedy moments in them? Does that, if that makes any sense, my question? It does. It does. What do you think? I mean, there are plenty of comedies that are just not spoof, comedies. not spoof, not satire. I'm talking about stories that are would go in the comedy section at a video store. Are they technically? Dramas, dramas with comedy in them, or that's are they actually comedy? And that's what I'm, my question to you is. I think it would be hard pressed to find one that's a straight comedy that's not a spoof. So I'm gonna have to go with their dramas with comedy in them. I mean, I'm sure there's some, but I can't think of any off the top of my head. So I feel the same way. I'm gonna go with that. Lizzie loves Cobra because she's awesome. Um, yes. Hmm. Huh. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna have to go with you on that because I, I'm I can't surprised that doesn't have well because it's I thought you were gonna disagree with me. No, it's gotta have some stakes in it, or else the comedy's not funny, or else it's a spoof. Right. Right. I mean Hot Shots now, Part Two, Airplane, these are spoofs. That's yeah. a different level. That's a different thing altogether. Let me but if you're telling a story. There are no such things as comedies. Comedies do not actually exist. And I'll tell you why I came up with that notion. Because somebody asked me, make a top 10 list of your of, of, of comedy directors. And as I'm trying to come up with comedy directors, I'm going, well, wait a minute. Like every single comedy, like what constitutes a comedy director? Because a lot of these directors also do drama. And then I'm thinking, well, wait a minute. These comedy films are stories of drama that are loaded with comedy to make you laugh. But there is always some sort of conflict or goal that has to be dramatic within the comedy. And therefore, I determined that comedies don't actually exist. They're all dramas. Um, what's your question? Um, actually, I don't have one. Okay. Because actually, I remembered a moment of, of drama in it. Like the whole ending. What movie? I was going to ask about Police Academy. But then I remembered, like, well, wait a second. I mean, so, that's yeah, as close really, honestly, as that's as close as comedy as maybe it's going to get. But like, even like yeah. someone you goes, okay, like someone even goes, hey, Jeff, what about a movie like Billy Madison? That is like literally a like comedy from start to finish. No, it's not because Billy has to, you know, like he has to get his company back or he has to uh, prove to his father that he can run the company after his father steps down and that he, there are stakes and that he has to do this thing and, or else he'll be left out, uh, left out of the situation. There's nothing funny about that situation. 
even though it's a movie that is hilarious with all sorts of funny bits in it. Okay, last one before we get back to Batman, because I yeah. just have to ask. I haven't, I've never seen them, and I will never watch them. Okay. Any of the early Jim Carrey, like Ace Ventura, Dumb and Dumber bullshit. Oh, uh, like what in terms of are they are they dramas? are they are they pure comedies? They are not pure comedies. I'll tell you why. Um, okay, Dumb and Dumber is not a pure comedy because there is these these are two guys who are on this odyssey to return a briefcase because Lloyd is hoping that he could be in love. No, is hoping to fall in love with this girl, uh, Mary Swanson. So it's, it's, he's, he's motivated by love and uh, there are hilarious hijinks along the way, but there are some moments where there are some moments of drama that basically are what make it a drama. The comedy is not what makes a movie a comedy. It's if you find it's, you know, it's kind of like, I guess if you were making food and you like found a tiny little piece of poop in your food, I know that sounds really gross, but just go with me for a minute on it. If you find a piece of poop in your food, you can't serve that plate. It's contaminated. And it's the same thing with comedy. I feel like for a comedy to be a comedy, it has to be a pure comedy. If it has any moment of drama, then the film ha is technically anchored in drama because it's the drama that motivates the story, not the comedy. The comedy is a byproduct of the drama. As long as comedy is always a byproduct of drama, then a movie is technically a drama no matter how funny it is. And that's my thesis. We can go on to that all night, so we're not going to do it. We're, we're, we're done. I, we're done. I, I, I'm going to have to fight you on that one. And yes, Ace, thank you very much. Fucking ill. Don't ever fucking come up with an analogy like that. <laughs> I didn't know what else to say. Ever. I was trying well, to think. Well, you need to think harder. No, because like what else? Like contamination. That's what I was thinking about. When I came up with that analogy, are, I was thinking about contamination. You can talk about it's a black and white, but no, 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 no. Chris, it's Chris, Chris, Chris. It's a black what? and white situation. If you so if gross. that happens to you, if you find yourself with a poo-poo platter, you're not gonna eat the food. Can it we just inedible. stop talking about it? <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Moving on. Let's talk about Tim Burton's Batman. Let's talk about Tim Burton's Batman movies. Right, Ace. I'm with you. Yeah, Ace, Ace, I can't see what you're saying because I can't see the comments. What Ace, he said, what fuck Ace? you, is what he said. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. All right, all right, all right. We're done. He, Ace, I promise. Said, Jeff, done. Stop. Just Ace, it's done. It's done. All right, ready. Moving on. Um, if you gun to your head, you gotta pick Batman or Batman Returns. What are you going with? Batman Returns. Me too. Why? Because it's sexually perverse. It's violent. And let's face it, it's it's an actually it's a better story. The problem that Batman had, and I loved it. Of course I did. And he's so right. Dude. You're but so the problem right. that I had was the fact that that script was written. There were new pages every other day on set. There are so many things that are set up that never come to fruition. Like Harvey Dent, I'm going to bring whatever his name is, Jack Palance to justice, never even meets him as an example. You know what I right. mean? There's a lot of that set up for things that don't pay off. They don't go anywhere. You're if so that right. did not have Jack Nicholson blowing the doors off, yeah, it would have been a lot less of a film. 
and people I don't love like it because of Jack. Nich- you're so right, dude. You're so right. And he does his job, and he owns that movie. You forget about the fact that there are so many fucking holes in that script, in that film. Yeah. No, you're right. Well, I mean, here's the thing: the Burton movies, absolutely. And that, the what? Or, what did they say? Oh, he's just at the on the movie sets. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're 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 gorgeous. They're gorgeous. And here's the thing: you bring up a great point. What Burton's and here's the thing about Burton, and it's a rule of thumb. This is a rule of thumb with Tim Burton. Um, Burton in general is always going to be style over substance if it's not an original Burton vehicle. What do I mean by that? If Burton is doing Edward Scissorhands, if he's doing Beetlejuice. If he's doing stuff like that, it's going to be friggin' great. And it's going to have both style and substance. If he's adapting something, then he is way more obsessed with the style and the story will always suffer for the sake of the style. But people will watch it anyway, myself included, because it's they're fun, they're entertaining. And at the end of the day, sadly... Story is not as important in a Burton film in that kind of way as it as is the style that you and the spectacle of of Burton. Um, there is a, a an exception to that rule in my personal favorite of Burton's films, his best film, in my opinion, Ed Wood. Ed Wood is uh, not an original Burton story, although I guess maybe you would kind of consider it to be or an original Burton vehicle. Uh, Cause it's not coming from anything previously, uh, but it is a biopic of someone who did live. Uh, and it is, uh, it's his best movie in my opinion. I think it's just a, a stellar film. Well, two things, um, two things I'll throw at you for that. Yeah. Um, and actually let me address the comments real quick here as well. Sure. Go ahead, um, please. Lizzie Harvey Dent was apparently, yes, Harvey Dent was supposed to, in his contract. That was the suggestion is he would be two faced in the sequel Right, but then they didn't do that in the sequel. And then when uh, Forever came around, they did use Two Face. They didn't they did ask him, dirty. and they there was a dirty. lawsuit. Um, there was a lawsuit. Yeah, and he lost. That's bullshit. Um, well, the, the the standing I believe was that the fact that well, Tim Burton didn't direct this, didn't direct this film. There, there's no holdovers from the previous films as far as major cast members our um tip burton as a director it's we're gonna wipe this slate clean so your argument is null and void right it's right. a different world get it so I get it. that's um, uh that's that um wow um ace just saw it in the theater again uh, in january for the first time since it came out I and mean, he said he was nine uh, which Batman uh, Returns, Batman Returns, and yeah. uh, and how was it in the theater as an adult versus a kid? Ace, what g- give us uh, um, yeah. a, a contrast, a comparing and contrast of that? Um, what were you gonna say about Burton or in, in rebuttal to me talking about Burton? Oh, yes, um, let's see here, and I agree with you, Lizzie, on the practical effects and the CGI. Um, Tim Burton, I think that he. And I loved him. Yeah. Um, we loved Tim Burton, by the way. We did. Tim sort of, I think that story is important to him, 
but he sees as what elements the things that he sees are important are different than what you would say should be important. If that makes sense. That does make sense. I think because Tim is all about from the heart in his own way. You know, this is important to me. This makes me feel right. And so I'm, I'm going to focus on this. Um, I mean, Ed Wood, which I agree. Ed Wood is fantastic. Ed Wood is kind of why it's so good is because it's personal. Right. Tangent for a second. Go ahead, do it. Why will Why will Chasing Amy always be the really only adult good film with Kevin Smith? Because he have personal shit going through mm. that he can relay and put on right. film. Based Same on thing true with story. Ed Wood. Yeah. You know, this was just his relationship with Vincent Price. Correct. I'm going to put it on screen. Here's one that mirrors it. And that's so it was it was personal in a deep, deep rooted way. He knew how to he knew how to handle the he knew how to attack the material because of he he from personal experience. And, you know, what you are what you are saying applies so true to Batman Returns, because here's the deal. He does the Batman movie. He has to do the sequel. And he's all in. I'm sure in his mind or in his camp or whatever, it's like. We already did this. What else are we going to do? We did We did the thing. How do we go, take it from here? And then what do they do? The movie, in this movie called Batman Returns, Batman is actually the third banana character. The movie is actually about Catwoman and Penguin, who each have complete story arcs. And their stories, he invests so deeply in each one of the stories. And that's what makes... Batman Returns work way better than, as you were saying, Batman, because there's actually a story. There is literally no story in, apart from a comic book plot of the Joker wanting to gas the city. There's no, there's no story in the original Batman. No, very true, very true. When I asked, um, where were we at? We were at East LA College. the The first time I met Tim was at East LA College because he was doing his Benson documentary that he never finished. Yeah, we had the Benson Price Art Gallery. So he was there shooting, and you know that was the whispers around around the campus. Tim Burton's here. Tim Burton was our fucking god. Wait, you god. met him? You, you got to meet him? I I used to know Tim. Shut the fuck up! Really? Yeah, because um, no! we met there, and yeah. then we he invited me to base camp, and we hung out for a couple hours. Oh my I'll, god! I'll get to the details because okay. they're okay. good. Um, but then. I didn't see him for like a couple of years, whatever. I'm working at Fat Burger in West Hollywood. Yeah. And he comes walking in while they're doing Ed Wood at the smaller Warner Brothers studio that's on Santa Monica Boulevard. Okay. And so he would come in and I'm like, hey, and we started talking. He's like, oh my God. So he would come in for lunch and we'd shoot the shit for a half hour, 45 minutes. And um, he'd invite, give me his card and invite me over to go um, check out the studio down there. Yeah. And yeah, so I knew him for a little while for a brief moment in time. Did you get to go to the set? You went to the set? Years. You went to the Not, set? Well, listen, they weren't shooting. This was post-production. Oh, wow. But um, that day when I um, was talking to him at the college yeah. and he invited me over to, to base camp, which was really just the Vincent Price Art Gallery, that small little quad area. Yeah. But um, Danny Elfman was there. I don't know why he was there, but he was there working on something. Okay. Never thought to ask, but probably um, 
locks, I don't know, because everything was done. Edward Scissorhands had already come out. That's mm -hmm. why he was our goth god. Um, and he hadn't started doing Batman Returns yet. So yeah. I don't know why he was there, but he was there um, with a little computer set up. And so I'm talking with Tim. He's like, oh, you can hang out here. i got to go check this out. So I'm, I'm talking with Danny. Yeah. And Vincent Price shows up. And I was too afraid to go talk to Vincent Price. His wife just died the week before. Like, I'm not going to go talk to Vincent Price. Danny Elfman. You saw him in person. I Vincent Price. Hand. Yeah. He gave me an autograph. He signed it on the little back of a business card. Um, all shaky. Vincent Price. Um, so Danny oh, took shit. me over there and introduced me to him because I was too afraid to go. He's like, oh, come on, I'll take you. And he walked me over as he was walking in with, you know, his, his crew of people around him. He's very tall. He's hunched over. And he's old. Vincent Price. Vincent Price was tall. Like very tall. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's, mm -hmm. he, well, it's kind of this thing where like it's Vincent Price who's bigger in life. So to me, it was like he was 10 feet tall. Right. But I'm 5'8". So <laughs> yes, he was taller yeah. than me. Okay. Um, so yeah, he goes up and he introduces us and he shakes my hand and he gave me an autograph and he patted me on the shoulder and we walked towards uh, the gallery inside and that was my Vincent Price story. And when I told um, when I told Molly Elfman that uh, years later, a couple of years, a few years ago now, we're sitting having coffee and I told her that story and she's like, I am so happy that he did that for somebody because he is so awkward. At parties, Danny, Danny Elfman. Elfman. Yeah, he's 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 awkward. Apparently, he's like he's not. He's like we were at a party. Joss Whedon was there, and he was afraid to go talk to him. He's like, I'd like to go talk to him, but I I don't think he wants to talk to me. I mean, do you think he even knows who I am? Do you think he cares? Like he was freaking. And she's like, I had to grab him by the hand, go over there, and that fucker's awkward too. Put them together and say, here, play, and walk away. I, am I don't know how big, either of them get anything done. <laughs> I am a huge fan of his brother, Richard Elfman. Richard uh, Elfman. Did, did a film called Forbidden Zone. Big, big, it. big fan of that movie, which has Danny Elfman in it. Yeah. Which when Burton Burton had a, uh, an exhibit at the MoMA and Richard Elfman was there for a screening of the Forbidden Zone, which was somehow tacked on to this Burton exhibit at the MoMA, which was kind of like, uh, I mean, I, I guess it made sense, but it was like, uh, because if you listen to all the music in in that film, it's it's all it all sounds kind of like you know uh, something that might eventually find its way into a Tim Burton score because of Danny Elfman. So I guess that's the 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 chain. The chain effect, but that wow, cool side story, man. Wow, you met Vincent Price and you friggin' talked with Tim Burton. That's friggin' gnarly, dude. What he said that day, which is why I was bringing it up, was yeah. because I asked him why Batman, because you had said you weren't going to do another one. And he's wow. like, Well, I, I feel that now that it's done, now I want to play in there because I had so much fun with it. And there's all these cool little crazy animal people. <laughs> and <laughs> animal I just, people. it doesn't feel like a sequel, just another adventure. And I really want to do that. And so that right. was pretty much, that was why he was doing that. Cause I was like, you know, I don't think I would ask that question of somebody now, but at the time I was like, why are you doing that? You said you weren't going to do that. What are you doing? You know, I was like 19. <laughs> To, you know, so, you know, I didn't think that through because that's you're, cool. 
no, it makes perfect sense because that is literally like what Tim Burton's like, hmm, Batman 2. That doesn't sound good, but oh, there's a penguin man. Oh, and he's got an army of penguins and lives in a band. Yeah, great idea. But you start okay. thinking, I could do this and I could do that. I could do this. It was it was cool. It was but was, I mean, cool. if you look at when you look at Batman Returns as like the, the tragedy of the penguin, or when you look at Batman, and you know what's funny. In a way, you know, Batman Returns is the only Batman film in any live action Batman. Correct me if okay, I haven't seen the new Batman, so we're excluding the new Batman, which by the way, if you're here, I'm not looking in the comments because I'm afraid of spoilers for the new Batman film. And so I am blind. I can't see if you are talking. I'm sorry about that, guys. It's I had COVID. I couldn't go see the Batman, so I don't know. Apart from that Batman, Chris. Is Batman Returns the only live action Batman film that has like a substantial love story to it? In every, I mean, I guess there's like a little bit of a love interest in Batman Forever, but it's not really. It's just sort of, it's there because it's a blockbuster, tentpole blockbuster. And we need a little love interest. Julie Madison doesn't count in Batman and Robin. Vicki Vale, eh, not really. I mean, it's just, again, uh, same thing as Batman Forever. I, I don't think there's any. I wouldn't even say not even in the Nolan movies. It all feels like segmented. The only movie where you really get us, you really feel like this uh, love story, uh, this tumultuous love story, I think is in Batman Returns between Catwoman and and Batman. No. No. But hi, Amy. And Ace said it was stellar. Getting to, getting to see those practical sets on the big screen was amazing. Neil Noir with a big budget. In answer to your question, right you about know. that, about seeing it, yes. that's awesome, Ace. So, Ace, that's as, awesome. And Michelle Pfeiffer, best Catwoman ever, Amy. I'm kind of on the fence with that because oh! I, well, I'm only on the fence with it because I don't like Michelle Pfeiffer, but it's personal. But Actually, I like Anne Hathaway Pfeiffer. a lot. <laughs> so, but it, it, I mean, oh, we've gotten three. That's good. right. There's three of yeah. them. So, oh my God. Yeah. Like, I, I'm Lady George Michelle Pfeiffer as well. Um, no, Michelle I don't Pfeiffer. have the autograph anymore, Ace, because a bunch of my stuff was stolen and it sucks ass. That's terrible. Um, so, yeah. Um, okay. So, no, I'm going to fight you on that because though they were played by two different actresses, one who's bad and one who's good, we do have that love story, that that horrid love story in the Nolan films. Maybe I just hate it's because I really dislike the Nolan films that I've And just I don't choosing. understand why because they're, I, I think they're great. They're the best Batman movies still ever, nope. overall. Nope. Because um, that's Batman. Nope. And they're the only ones not to kill the Joker. Nope. Uh, nope. Yeah, I because you're high because you want to hate them for some dumb reason. I listen. You I love Heath Ledger's Joker. As a matter of fact, you know, I go no, back I and mean, forth. The films. Why? How can you not like them? Okay, we've talked. We've talked about this in previous shows. But because this is the Batman show again, we're we're going over all Batman related things in the Batman show. So I apologize if if we've discussed this before. For me, the no- surmise it. I'll surmise it. The Nolan verse, in general, um, isn't it? All all versions of Batman are valid, right? All of them. They are all just different flavors and iterations 
of this myth of this whatever this this archetype this batman this 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 source material and there are so many different variations of the source material that it's just as valid to um to focus on particular aspects in live action versions you're never going to get a batman that's so well rounded that sort of i feel like you can only do that in animated films frankly where you can there are certain oh, yeah. elements that are so campy but because it's animated it actually almost like it, 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 it you could still have the real dark shit you can still have the real campy shit all at the same time and just kind of all make it sort of flush together a little bit um but in with live action films that's definitely more challenging not impossible but more challenging and um frankly i feel like filmmakers all the filmmakers that have tackled batman they all choose to tackle different things schumacher is this gay theatrical you know um uh, uh, uh filmmaker who does these the, these big larger than life you know uh sets and and focuses on certain aspects and makes everything really colorful and campy and over the top and that is batman and then you know tim burton wants to focus on the gothic neo-noir as ace was saying the gothic neo-noir set pieces and gives us the probably the best looking gotham even though i love the schumacher gotham for different reasons um my least favorite gotham is the Nolan Gotham because I lived in Chicago. I almost worked on the Dark Knight Return, uh, the Dark Knight um, when it was in production. I did not make the list for, and that's not why I don't like it. Um, I knew a lot of people that did get to work on that movie. Yeah. Um, but I was right there when they were making it. And so when I was in the theater watching it, it I was really taken out like this. I felt like they were shooting a Batman movie in Chicago and not in Gotham city. That's number one. Number two, um, the Nolan approach is we're going to give you the most realistic, like this is how Batman would be. If Batman happened in the real world, uh, which is also valid. I'm okay with that. However, um, it, it just, what makes it not work and what will make any iteration of Batman not work is if you ignore certain core tenants, of Batman, primarily this, the, the corest of the core tenant. And one might argue, oh, it's that Batman doesn't take a life. That's definitely high up there. However, as we know, there was that was not always the case in Batman comics. One thing that was always there with Batman from the beginning and has always been a part of what makes Batman Batman is that Batman is always going to be Batman. He's always going to be Batman. You can't, he'll never stop. He's waging a one-man war on crime. You know, he has a rogues gallery, and the rogues gallery is just as, he is just as crazy as his rogues gallery. He just happens to be fighting on the other side of the law. And um, the fact that Nolan wanted to make it so that he doesn't, um, wanted to make it so that he stops being Batman was such a uh, a core tenet of Batman to break. And the other one that really, really just ruined the film for me was um, seeing Batman protect Harvey Dent after he was clearly psychotic. This is something Batman would never do in the comics. And it just, it, it really took me out of the story. And I just said, this is, this is bullshit. And then tacking on the thing about two face and, Having that at the end, it just it didn't work. It it fell apart for me. 
Hold but he's protected Harvey in even in the animated series, and Harvey's a fucking nutbag. But in Harvey, the, no. No, he says, Harvey, you need help. He always wants Harvey to get help, but Harvey is not a person. Harvey is not the white knight that's going to fight crime anymore. And here he is enabling a dude who put a gun to another dude's head. Like Batman, what's the one thing about Batman? He's uncompromising. The moment you put a gun to another person's head, Batman's going to go, okay, you're a, you're psychotic and you you belong in jail now because that's like because he's so rigid. We've seen how rigid he is about not taking life. He won't kill the Joker because he refuses to take a life. And yet the Joker has killed how many people? How many people have died because Batman refuses to kill the Joker? That's how uncompromising a character like Batman is. The notion that he compromises him, his his whole core for Harvey Dent, his friend, doesn't work for me as a, as a diehard Batman fan and really, really, really took me out of the film as along with the idea that Batman is trying to actively not be Batman anymore because this is Batman will always be Batman. We just lost Chris. Oh no, here he is. I'm here. I'm here. You just completely disappeared for a sec. Okay. Well, let me throw this at you. Yeah. Let me throw this at you. Go ahead. Times that Batman has quit being Batman. Future state, the future state series. When did the future state series come out? I don't know. It doesn't say. I don't read these anymore. What's the next Red one? State, Battle Red State. Oh, I'm sorry, Red Sun. Doesn't count. Doesn't count. He was always Batman in Red Sun. Battle for the Cow. No, Red Red uh, Yeah, Red Sun. Yeah, um, Red Sun. He's cow. a Red Red Sun is an Ellsworld story. Doesn't count. Okay. Battle for the Cow. Battle for the When did Battle of the Cow? What's the Does it take give I, you a date? It doesn't give me dates. Okay, I think Battle for the Cowl happened in the aughts. Maybe it's when, okay, no, no. You know what it is? Battle for the Cowl is after Bruce Wayne has died and actually gets sent back in time. That's part of the Grant Morrison storyline, and Dick Grayson becomes Batman. That doesn't count. Does Kingdom Come count? Kingdom Dark Knight Come. Returns. Okay, Kingdom Come. Okay, but he becomes Batman again in Dark Knight Returns. The whole point of Dark Knight Returns is but that he, he can never quit. stop. He quit, but he comes back. He can never stop being Batman. That's the point. Batman Beyond. Um, too old. Doesn't count. And Kingdom Come. Kingdom Come, he wears a robot suit. He continues to be Batman in, in Kingdom Come. Doesn't count. Nightfall. Uh, Nightfall gets his back broken by Bane and temporarily cannot be Batman. Has John Paul Valley, aka Azrael, become Batman. <laughs> All right, doesn't count. So you're giving oh, me examples that don't count. Says you. No, none of them count, dude. I literally just listened to every example. None of these Batman is always going to be Batman. He's never not going to. So the idea that he's going, hey, what's her name in uh, what's her name in the Nolan movies? The girl, the girl that he his love, uh, Katie um, Holmes. Maggie Gyllenhaal. We don't say Katie Holmes in this show. What, Fuck her. Now, um, <laughs> I know it. I can't think of her name now. I don't watch her in a name. Long is, time. Yeah, her name. The girl. The girl. Yeah. He goes, oh, hey. Good. Hey, someday I'm gonna retire. I'm just gonna retire from being Batman. We could be happy being together. No, that's not Batman. Doesn't do that. Batman's like, I can't have a love life because I'm married to crime. <laughs> like he's never. Well, that's, go- 
I get what life. you're saying, but I disagree with it only because it's like saying Superman can't kill anybody. Superman can kill people. Batman well, he does. It's like saying that Batman can't carry a gun when Batman damn well has carried a gun. Right, but that's but here's the thing with that. There that when Batman first started, he carried a gun. It's a part yeah. of it is a part of Batman's history. There's no part of Batman's history. Batman Rachel. Rachel is her name. Yeah, Rachel. Rachel, Rachel, we could be together. I'll I'll just retire from being Batman. I'll be all good. Like, he wouldn't do it, man. Just wouldn't happen. Men do stupid things for women. That is as bad as anybody else. But not Batman. (laughs) Batman doesn't do stupid shit for women. Um, he, he, He will always be Batman. And I thought that was a real betrayal to the character and i get no one wants to tell like this idea of like batman is this contained story in three films that surmises the character in his history and that's yeah. essentially what he does in the batman nolan trilogy it doesn't work for me however what works for me more than anything in batman in that batman two things one how he becomes batman like the idea of like training as like the training in 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 the the far east and then coming back and i love that in batman begins and the other thing that really really works for me is heath leather's joker which is which makes that film rewatchable multiple times despite the fact that i hate the movie's guts because heath leather's joke heath ledger's joker is so good you just you can't not watch it how do i get these scars i'll tell you how i got these scars they're great uh, he's great. Like your first impression that's really, really good. Oh, you thought that was good? Yeah, I would Yeah, thank you. Otherwise. you know what other really impressions? Good. Wait, what other impressions have I done for you that I don't you, didn't know. Think you do were them good? all the time? And I just sort of sit here and go, oh my God, stop. But that, that was impressively thank you. good. Thank you. Thank you. That was off the top You're of my welcome, dome. Sir. Thank you. By the way, uh, Lizzie, it's yeah. like now I know what it's like to sit with me. She's mean. <laughs> she sounds what? like me. She sounds like me when she's why? She, what is Lizzie saying? Um, it, it was a while back. Hey, Jody. Um, Jody Ramone, what's up? I you're can't see your tired, You're entitled to your your incorrect opinion. Ah, that it is also some shit that I say to you. That is that is absolutely time. shit that Chris says to me all the time. This is a show for those of you who are who may be joining us for the first time. Chris and I do a show. We've done 17 episodes of the show. But what makes our show work is that Chris and I don't agree about anything. He always takes the opposite stance and not like because he wants to take opposite from me. Sometimes we do agree, but generally we are oil and water in our opinions. And that's what makes for the good conversation as opposed to just oh, agreeing to the same bullshit all the time. Exactly. You know? No, Lizzie. Yeah, I know. That's why I said that. It's now I know what it's like talking to me. <laughs> I know you're talking about the Nolan films. Um, what about how do we feel about Donna Justice besides Martha? <laughs> I, because it's garbage. I don't like anything in that movie. Um, anything. I, I like well, Batman. That's that a lie. I I don't mind Batman. Yeah, Batfleck is good. Anything with Amy Adams, so you know, because I like Amy Adams. Um, but yeah, I hate that fucking movie. It's fucking garbage. I like it. it. I don't even know if we own it. We definitely don't own Justice League. Did you see the Snyder but Cut? I love the Snyder Cut. You put it out on disc and I'll buy it. Right. But that one that we got is oh, garbage. The, the Whedon one is terrible. Yeah. Yeah. 
It's not even a movie. It's just it's um, it, it, it which is one bad. Is you haven't seen the Snyder Cut? Well worth watching. Well the Snyder Cut, time. yeah. And you know what? I'm kind of jealous that you literally have four hours of movie to watch for the first time. Like that's awesome. You're gonna love it. Uh, it's a great. <laughs> you know what the thing about Batfleck is? He's thick. And when I say thick, he's like T H I C C. Like he's like he's very husky. Like thick. Like. He's not like the the so we always get the slender Batmans and he's just like uh he's just like this like like chunky kind of like uh like stocky Batman you know like dark, a dark returns. Returns. yeah <laughs> yeah he yes, took exactly. the words right out of my mouth exactly ballad, ballad, please just have some water lean up against the wall because we'll talk about it maybe next week hopefully what did he say he's having a brain aneurysm because he wants to talk about batman 22 and you're fucking it up for okay him. wait i just bat ballad first of all i can't see your comments ballad because i'm trying to avoid spoilers for batman 22 but ballad ballad listen buddy we chris is going to be on the show we're going to, as soon as i watch it I, i'm inviting five or six of my friends to be on we are going to have a battle royale talking about the new batman movie it's going to be Chaos. I, I think it might just be all of us in here going, it's looking awesome. I hope so. <laughs> I really hope snow. so. I'm gonna be, it's gonna be, we're gonna have to have a talking stick. Like we're just gonna <laughs> it's gonna be like we have to have like a talking batarang because it's just gonna be everybody wanting to like throw down. We're just gonna have to go around and it, seriously, we'll have to go around in a cipher, but it will be good. And uh that that will probably I'm hoping that will come this week. Uh, I am still, I, I'm on my last day of like my COVID lockdown. And as soon as I'm, uh, as soon as tomorrow comes, I will be, I, I, in my household will be COVID free, but not my family. Um, everybody else has COVID. Um, the, the, um, yeah, the bat, bat fleck in, in dawn of justice and, and the other one, uh, is, is uh and 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 Zack Snyder's Justice League is fine. I would have liked to have gotten that solo Ben Affleck film. I I think he would have crushed it. You know, um, he, he would have had room. Yeah, he doesn't have room. Otherwise, he didn't have room in Justice League. Good, great point. Great point. You know, or Batman uh, versus Superman. It just it just didn't seem to be there. Um, the warehouse fight is cool. But it's kind of yeah. Right now, I'll tell you, it's the only thing that sticks in my head at all. So he didn't have a lot of room to play. It was, you know what I didn't like? We did not get what I would have liked more. In what didn't work for me in Dawn of Justice is yeah. Well, first of all, it started off. It was just supposed to be a Superman sequel. Then it was going to be Batman versus Superman. Then they bring in Wonder Woman. Then they it be, basically becomes a prelude to to justice league and that's where the movie suffers because had it just been like introduce a batman set him up show us like who what this batman is in this man of steel universe it would have been it would have been even more effective than what we got you know um it would have just been more effective um, did we run through and then what about the original Batman 66? That's 66. technically yeah, that's a live action film. What do you yeah. uh I mean it's just how could I you love, not love well, it? It's something I loved as a kid. I haven't right. watched it since I was a kid. Um, but it is what it is. Like I yeah. can't judge that film against any other film because no, it's definitely what it not. was supposed to be at the what's my rule? 
I, your rule is judge valid. What's you know, judge a film on what it's trying to be, not on what you want it to be. And that is the show that they were making. That is the movie they were making. Totally so great. It it is what it is. Like the like the superheroes, the Legend of the Superhero Show, which you know when I was little was just the challenge of the super friends live action because you know, the Legion of doom and all of them were there. It's ridiculous, but you know what? Love is a child. And I've seen it in the past five years. Still love it because yeah. it it's, that's what it's supposed to be. So I'm there. Cool. I'm, I'm on, I'm on the same page as you. Um, in terms of, I, I will talk about this since I have not seen Batman 22, but we've basically talked about everything else. Um, I will say that I was very, very turned off to just about everything that I had seen for Batman 22 up until I allowed myself to watch one trailer. And I talked at the beginning of the show about how I don't watch trailers. And generally, I don't. I'll watch a trailer for a superhero film more than I will, like, if you know, whatever, just any run-of-the-mill film, any horror film, I will not watch the trailer. A superhero film is a little bit different because, as you did say, Chris says, I mean, what are you, like, you know, uh, what is there to spoil? And there's plenty to spoil, but it's not as bad as, say, like, watching, like, the new Guillermo del Toro film and, like, you know, watching a trailer for, say, like, Nightmare Alley or Shape of Water or something. That would, that, like, the Shape of, the Shape of Water, the third trailer they did for the Shape of Water completely tells the story of the movie in two minutes like the entire film is told in two minutes i could not believe myself i was in an alamo draft house i wasn't paying attention and then i looked up and i go god they just they just told i mean they just told the whole fucking story why and from that moment on that was 2018 every time i'm in the fucking alamo draft house i'm either looking at my phone during the trailers or i will actively close my eyes and pluck put my fingers in my ears if it's for like like when the Scream trailers were going on. When I went to go see Spider-Man No Way Home, there was a Scream trailer. And I I made sure not to um not to listen or, or see that. I didn't want to see anything. I wanted to go in blind. And I was glad that I did. Um, I once I saw the trailer for Batman 22, I was like, okay, I, I have an open mind. I'm on board. I'm 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 going to give this a chance. Because before that, I was just going, what this movie looks pointless. Why is it here? I don't need this right now. Like I, I would rather, I wish we got our Batfleck outing, you know, I'm ready, already ready for the next version of Batman, whatever it's going to be like, let's pass this already. You know, it seems like a mistake. And I mean, look, everybody, everybody unanimously, I haven't seen a single bad reaction from what I have seen of people like on Facebook, or whatever, like going, I loved it. Like there's nobody that's saying I hated it. Um, and yeah, so we'll see. We will see. Um, I will say it's a testament that Chris, who was just actively hating on this thing for so long to come out of the theater, especially when I know he was very close to certain elements in that film for him to come out of the theater and say, no, it was a good movie and I enjoyed it. Like that is, um, that's surprising to me. I um, really did enjoy it. I didn't think I was going to, at least well, I didn't think I would enjoy it as much as I did. And I have literally no complaints for the film. If that's that, amazing. Like, I have, I have no complaints. 
Um, but and, just to counter, let me, let me yeah, go ahead, just, go ahead, go ahead. Just to give you the uh, when your expectations are so low, true, it's hard to you know. But that's kind of a cop out because no, I really like. I can't wait to watch it again, and I will like buy it the Tuesday it comes out. Like I really, really, really dug it. Yeah, yeah. Um, the Matt Reeves has <laughs> made. What what did Ballad say? I knew Chris was gonna like it. Fifteen minutes in, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, um, I like Matt Reeves' previous work. I love the Planet of the Apes films. Fuck the Planet of the Apes films. Fuck Cloverfield. Paul Bear. Paul Bear. Paul Bear. I'm Wait, Paul with Dave with with David, David Schwimmer. <laughs> I've never seen. It. <laughs> I've I seen that film. At the movie theater. That's Wait, for real though? That is that's yeah. Matt Reeves' first film. Uh-huh. That's pre-Cloverfield. Oh my I didn't know he did Cloverfield either. Oh my god. Um that is that's really what put him on the map. Dude. It's amazing. Like I get the Paul Bear and then he meets Steven Spielberg and all of a sudden he's doing this big monster movie. That's luck. <laughs> yeah. But those, but I'll tell you something. Those Planet of the Apes films have no business being so fucking good. They're and great. They are great. I can't watch the first one, but the other two, I. Love. I don't think he yeah, directed the first one. Too, no, he didn't. It's just too emotional. It's not that it's a bad film. It's just it's a depressing movie, and I just. It's a very depressing it. film. I I but, do like the first one as well, but the second and the third are just oh my god! Yeah. Like it's it's a, it is it is a really good trilogy. That apparently is no longer a trilogy because they are actively working on the next, uh, the, the next installment, which makes me really, really happy. Um, I think we are eventually going to get to the Planet of the Apes that we all know and love because in Rise of the Planet of the Apes, Taylor's rocket goes up into the air. So Taylor leaves in 2011, and for anybody who knows the original Planet of the Apes, knows what happens to yeah. Taylor. So. Uh, love Planet of the Apes. I have to do a whole episode on Planet of the Apes because I freaking love Planet of the Apes so much. Amy, um, Amy, Amy, you're killing me. Amy said, to be honest, I fell asleep some parts of Batman in 2022. Really, That's Amy? Not, well, it, it's a long movie, and if you if you just if you haven't slept well, I you know I can see that happening. I mean, I've been to movies I was completely excited about, and yeah. A dark so, movie theater. A dark movie theater is like a warm, comfy blanket. Sometimes, sometimes. So you know, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be caffeinated. I'm gonna make sure I go to the bathroom beforehand. I'm gonna be like, I'll oh, be ready I, for that three hour time. I time. went to the bathroom when we sat down, and I went yeah. to the bathroom again after the uh, the main yeah garbage you have to sit through before the trailer started. Right, bathroom again. I have to make sure. Yeah, make totally. Sure it's three hours, and I don't want to get up. You know what it is? You know what it is? It's not even so much that you might even have to pee. It's the fact that you might be thinking like, oh, I could go to the bathroom. And like you're thinking about it in the back of your head. You can't focus on the movie. It's it's yeah. frustrating. You know, you wait for Dan so that you can get up and go pee. Yeah, it's not it's not a good feeling. It's just better to just, you know, to just be like perfectly prepared. Um, and yeah, I just really hope that I could see it. Let's let's do a lightning round. Uh, we got to wrap this up in about 10-ish yeah. minutes. 10 minutes. I had a hard, yeah, I had a hard out at 9.30. 
Um, the let, let's let's do a lightning round of how how have you seen any of the animated movies that have come out? No. I I if I could recommend one to you, you must see The Dark Knight Returns um, with Peter Weller playing Batman. Uh, it's pretty great. Peter I want to see that one. Good. I saw. I did see some of Killing Joke. I saw the beginning. Killing I Joke was the, good. The racy beginning part, but um, oh yeah, it's hard to watch these translations of very adult books. Yes, because it doesn't always work. They're dumbed down. You know, I I want to see Hush proper. I want to see the Long Halloween proper. I don't want to see the Batman Long Batman Halloween. Either. I haven't finished it yet, but Long Halloween is pr- so far has been pretty accurate to its source material. And I'll tell you something. I uh, Dark Knight Returns mm-hmm. is friggin' like very accurate, if you know what I mean. Right down to uh, Bridget Nielsen. And I know you know who Bridget Nielsen is in that in uh in in the dark knight returns bridget nielsen is anna 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 what is it anna anna blah, 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 blah. I, don't know, I know who you're talking about yeah she and is um, that's actually actually that's supposed to be the joker's girlfriend and she is in the in in the dark knight returns um i'm sort of a dark knight returns aphiliac i just that book is i've read it so many freaking times and just you know, it's so funny. You read it as a kid and like maybe you don't understand the adult parts and then you keep reading it and keep reading it. And every time I reread it, like there's some panel that like previously I wasn't didn't understand that I understand a little bit better and a little bit better and a little bit better. It's just a friggin phenomenal book. I just be able to recite whole passages. I subscribe to it. As a, the rain as on a, my chest is a baptism. And I'm a man of 20. All. 30 again. I'm a man of 30, yeah. 20 again. Oh, so good. No, I remember it. So it's fucking like, good. I, dude. I read it and I understood it all. Even at what I don't know what I was, maybe 17, 16. Yeah. So, I don't know. Um, I read it all and I got it. And then I just sort of sit th- sat there and was like, I probably shouldn't know this stuff. Because <laughs> I'm trying to other people and they're not getting it. And they're just like, like oh, okay, I have problems. <laughs> Okay, so as somebody who was like a teenager at the time when uh, Dark Knight Returns comes out, can you like, from what you remember, can you like sort of sort of speak on, was it really like like the impact that Dark Knight Returns had on- It was the biggest thing in comics because we would go down to the shrine because yeah. this is back before there was a comic book store in every corner. Mm-hmm. You got your books because it sounded like we had a fucking car. Nobody had a car. We had one friend right. with a car. Um, right. So you got your comics every month at the Shrine Show. It was the second Sunday of every month. You went down, you stood in line, got your fucking t shirt or whatever promos they were giving away that time. Um, like, remember the Guardian? Is it William Peter Blatty's The Guardian or William Freakin's The Guardian? Uh, yes, yes, from tree. 1990. Fucking love I, that movie. I still have that t-shirt, if you can believe that. I have, really? I have that promo a shirt. Promo shirt, Rice wow. Shrine, Rice Shrine visit. That is a bloody-ass movie. Promos. That is a I, good fucking movie. Um, Screen Factory sent it to me, and I've never opened it. Oh, you gotta, gotta revisit it. Six, Dude. seven years later, I need to, no, I need to visit it. I never watched it. Oh <laughs> I man! To watch it. Oh, you are going hey, to I love it. it. I could have traded. Chris, it to a this movie is up your times. alley. 
This movie is watch, up your I, alley. I will watch it. I'll make an effort to watch it. In Especially because you don't like children. You are going to love this movie. Well, then now you sold me. <laughs> now you sold me. I'm going to watch it right now. I'll watch yeah. it after Outlander. Um, so, I mean, it was it was huge. I mean, we were all walking around in love with that thing. Yeah. And we were, we were in love with that. Big time. Everybody's talking about Batman. And that's what we got excited about the movie is because we thought that it was going to be like Batman Returns or it's going to be like the, the killing joke. I mean, that was what they sold us at the time. So, right. I mean, yeah, Dark Knight Returns was just it. And we all knew it because it was it was adult. And the thing is, if you grew up like I did on the 70s on the Neil Adams stuff, Right, Neil Adams was very adult. I mean, like every other issue, Batman is topless with just his cow. He's shirtless, and he's right. Out I've with seen somebody, those panels. You know? Yes, he's like yes. you know Talia. Who who am I banging? Oh, Talia will be here at six. Let me get this wrapped up by nine because I got to go hook up with uh, Silver Saint Cloud. Right, Silver Saint Cloud. <laughs> that was one of his girlfriends. Yeah. And um, yeah. which, by the way, Silver Saint Cloud. Since we're having a Batman show, Silver St. Cloud is who Kim Basinger is in the Batman movie. That's Silver St. Cloud. They right. named her Vicky Vale. Vicky Vale is, was, a, but, was a flame, but a different, completely different character. A completely different right. type of character. Right. You're right. Yes. So, Silver St. Cloud. Yes. Um, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a silver guy, just like I'm a, a Gwen Stacy guy. Oh, you're so, a Gwen Stacy guy. I'm a Gwen Stacy guy. Emma Stone? I, I liked, you liked, I liked Emma Stone, yeah. Gwen Stacy? I did. Loved I did, her. But I loved Gwen loved Stacy her. from before. But yeah, she was she was a great Gwen Stacy. And it was great what they did because they kept it as it should be. It's just, it's one of those examples of it's perfect, but it doesn't work in a movie because it's just, uh, you know what I yeah. mean? Oh, like it's how the story brutal. should go, but now you know why it doesn't work. Did you okay? Super quick spoilers now. We're turning on the spoiler engine here because I'm going to ask. We're going to talk about Spider Man for two seconds before we wrap up. If you haven't we, seen Spider Man from yeah, three months fuck ago, you. It's not a just spoiler. fuck you. You're yeah. just late. Um, okay, so we both have seen Spider Man. I don't think we've talked about this, but we haven't. Um, how did you feel about Andrew Garfield's redemption? In I loved it. It was loved perfect. It, it loved was it. because. I mean, I didn't care. I hated him. I couldn't fucking. Stand oh, I love his Spider Man. Love his Spider Man. I don't. Let's put it this way: I don't even own those movies, even though I love me some Emma Stone. He's the best because dude. I couldn't stand he's him. Good. He's terrible. He's dude, good he's as an actor in other things. He was terrible Spider Man. He's better than Tobey Maguire. Because fuck. Oh, Tobey Maguire sucks, dude. Um, and that but, was my that was my Spider Man was Tobey Maguire. I had never well, he, never accepted. He was him. mine. And, yeah, and, um, right. He was, he was yours mine too. Tom Holland. Um, but I just, when, when that moment happens, when he saves, I don't know, ugly broad, it's emotional. And I, I, so emotional. That movie is a fucking crying movie. Like, yeah, no, no, I got emotional too. There's a moment for you to go, why? (laughs) Because (laughs) it's so, because it just, it, it, dude. It's just it's just one of those things where it's like and you know what's amazing what's amazing is if you what what you may not notice you probably notice but what people may not notice in the original 
in the original uh, movie and in like what originally happens in the comic books, what what kills Gwen Stacy is the the he, Peter decides. Like well, no, he, he shoots he shoots the web on her, which causes whiplash, which causes her back or her neck or something to snap. Neck, neck, and in, in I know at least know in comic lore. Peter Parker plays this moment over and over again in his mind, trying to figure out how it happened and how he could have done things differently. So when you see Andrew Garfield in the same position in the movie, he gets that second chance and he does something different. He catches her and then does his web uh, absorbing the shock that she would have taken in her body. He takes it because he's Spider-Man and it just, it was just so good. And then, Oh, the look uh, on his face. Oh, the look on his face. And then Toby gets to do it as well when Tom Holland is ready to to impale um Norman with the with the glider and Toby stops him because that was what his I mean it's to a lesser extent but he's that's what sets off Harry Osborn in the original Spider-Man movies. Yeah. So they he gets to stop they, that. Yeah. They have personal redemptions and for us at yes. least Andrew, Andrew has an audience redemption and a yes. personal redemption. Yes. It's and great. it's just, oh, that's good. That is good storytelling. That's yeah. good fan service. I mean, like, just take a fucking note at a dude's book. You should check out his film he made before the Spider-Man movies called Cop Car with Kevin Bacon. Really oh, uh, I know. much. It's a good movie. Good movie. Small movie, but good movie. No, I, yeah. Um, um, I don't know what he's making next. He's making something. Um, but yeah, I think guys, I think the show has officially concluded because it's 9 30. I am I am pressing the escape button. Um, it is so great to get on here and do a celluloid show. We we don't do them as often as we used to, but when we do them, we enjoy them and we have fun. Um, Chris, thank you so much. Absolutely. Um, you should hey, follow welcome, Chris. Ru. Thank you, Rue. Thank you to everybody. I'm sorry if I couldn't yes. see your comments. Um, make sure to follow Chris on Instagram on the Sinful Celluloid pages. He's always posting there. He's always showing what films he watches early in the mornings because that's what he does. So if you're looking for good movie recommendations, do that. Don't forget to subscribe to this channel and stay tuned for the big Batman show where Chris will return along with my other friends. You, you know Bob Rose from other shows. We got my friend Nate Dog will be in the house. My friend Brian. We're going to be talking some serious Batman talk. Uh, and there will be uh, no spoilers. I mean, there will be spoilers. Tons of them. The whole goddamn... We're going to have to throw out the show because it's going to be spoiled. That's how spoiled it's going to be. So, And there will be blood. There will be much blood. Well, maybe. So. I don't know. We might just all sit there and go, it's awesome. Which would which would really 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 suck if we all. Well, don't worry. It. I'll find something that I'll, that I can bitch about. Just I'm sure just for the show. I. You know what's <laughs> funny? Here's the thing, though. Me. I'm going to say one last thing. One. La well, we'll see about that. One last thing. Um, the uh, <laughs> one last thing that I want to say. Um, last time I should have said this earlier in the show. Dark when the Dark Knight came out, everybody fucking loved it. I was the only person who came out of the theater. I was like, why did everybody love this? Like, this was like this this frustrated me. <laughs> it's very possible that I might go into the Batman and that everybody loved, and I might go fuck this movie. Who knows? 
Who knows what's going to happen? So it's we'll see. Live. Anything could happen. Anything could happen. How do we say goodbye here on the show, Chris? Peace and hair grease. That's right. We'll see you next time.